Learn to be more influenced by the grace of God and the life you've been given instead of being tuned up by the world or by your own failings. Feed your faith in God and don't wallow in failed faith in yourself. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope. The Bible says that it's not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to His mercy that He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Then Paul says in Titus, Affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. The real bottom line reason for looking at this is to properly assess one's true standing before God. Have I done what I ought for salvation? Is my faith in its proper place? Have I done what I ought, what my faith has enabled me to do? Have I thus yielded to the righteousness that has been imparted to me through faith? Jameson Fawcett Brown, commenting on this, said, There was an utter absence in us of the element of righteousness by which righteous works could be done, and so necessarily there was an absence of the works. It's so vital to know the distinction between our right to faith and our responsibility to righteous conduct for salvation. The proper place of works of righteousness is that before faith has deposited in our souls the righteousness of Christ, we had no element no ability within us whereby righteous works could be done. Now, hang on while I break this down and understand that I'm talking about the highest work of faith that a man can and must do. Love his enemies. In fact, it's precisely this failure in many Christian circles that will keep the church from making any significant impact on the downfall of our nation. James said, faith without works is dead. Works confirm or perfect our faith. In other words, works are the result and goal of our faith in this world. Yes, it's for salvation, but the perfecting of faith simply means that faith's intention and God's purpose for faith in this world is that it produces the intended fruit of righteousness— if we have received righteousness by faith, then our works will be the result of the righteousness that we have received. Now we're going to drill down a little bit deeper in this. Titus 3.1 says, Speak evil of no man. We don't look to our works to justify our lives. Yet if we have no works of righteousness, there is little reason to expect that our faith is real. Faith is no license to sin. So when we do cross the line... We need to check it. Is there a line? That's a good question. 
I can't tell you how important this is to sort out in our pursuit of the presence and the peace of God. For when we have sought God's grace in the times of great need, just as we find a pathway of peace, the devil can come and twist up our parallel responsibility to walk out our faith. He can all too easily beat us with condemnation if we don't have our souls well grounded in this. I've always lived by the bottom line that I am responsible to live up to the faith that has been given to me. No more, but no less. I must realize that in the failures that inevitably come in all of our lives, that they do not necessarily mean that our faith is dead. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, the Bible says. We do need a Savior every day. One person's trespass is another person's young ignorance, to a point. But just what is that point? I've always believed that what's important is twofold. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not yourself, and realize that God is working with you in the sins and failures that you've had. He's on your side. Are you growing? That's what's vital. Are you lukewarm? Don't be lazy and stay that way. It's deadly. Be willing to yield to the righteousness imparted to you. Yield to the Spirit. In other words, don't panic and try harder in your willpower. Avail yourself of the power of faith. Grow in your faith. Respond to the goodness of God. Fear of the Lord tosses you into the battle. Faith in the Lord causes you to win in that battle. Feed your faith in God. Don't wallow in failed faith in yourself. You must be able to say, Jesus has imputed into my soul's very fiber and my very being the righteousness of God. It's my new life's holy character. It's my treasure in Christ. It's Christ in me. I have His righteousness. I am His righteousness. But this faith can die through neglect. I must both nurture it and be willing to express it or manifest it. If I don't, my faith will die and so will I. The gift of righteousness must be lived. How much, you say? With our whole heart. That's the goal. How much better it will be for us if the love for God moves us forward instead of always being moved only by the fear of the Lord. The question becomes, what does this look like? Well, I begin with the assurance of salvation and the inner witness of the Spirit. I wash my soul daily by the Word of God, in humility to the best of my ability and in honesty and faith. I use what I've been given, and I get more. If I don't, I'll lose what I have. That's basic word from Jesus to his first disciples. Now, loving our enemies is central to ministering righteousness. Hear that again. Loving our enemies is central to ministering righteousness, the righteousness of the Spirit by grace alone through faith. It's the messy work of truly imparting faith to others. It's the hard work of love that which can only be done by Christ vitally alive in us. Near to the heart 
of living and manifesting my righteousness is speaking evil of no man. That's the goal. It's the golden rule. It's loving my enemies. That's righteousness imparted to others as it was imparted to me. Too often we confuse righteousness with justice. Well, they need to be subject to justice for all the evil they've said and done. He did this and she did that and they're terrible people. Be careful with that. Learn to display the gospel just as you have received it. Remember how you got your treasure and live your gospel message accordingly. How you received by faith is how you must give it out to others, or you will begin to pollute and disable your own faith. When you claim faith but don't live it, your heart knows it and your spirit man begins to die. Faith becomes harder and harder. Now, when I consider the depths of the call to minister righteousness by love of my enemy, I begin to get a much deeper appreciation for just how powerful is the grace and mercy of God toward my own often wayward heart. This divine grace is the real deal. As hard as it it is to love an enemy, so it's hard for men to realize how merciful God is in full sight of our worst moments. He set the standard for patient mercy toward us when he called us to forgive seventy times seven, often for the same offense. Because, you see, that's what he's like. Learn to be more influenced by the grace of God and the life you've been given instead of being tuned up by the world and tuned up by your own frequent failings as well, I might add. Living this way is precisely the works that James and Titus speak about. It's living in applied love. How do you minister to the vile atheist or the persecutor or the abuser and the terribly unholy? Do you just say, hey man, I love you? No, you can't validate their sin in blackened heart. They must hear and see the words and works of a holy God. But the motive is the big difference here. If we speak to our enemies from our anger and disgust and hurt instead of from our righteousness, we will fail to represent God and our faith, and they'll know it. Can I say this in capital letters? Be more influenced by the righteousness of faith than by your enemies. When you feel you must confront them, make sure your motive is love and not self-righteous indignation. But right along with that, please come to know that when God confronts and convicts, He is also doing so from the divine perspective of His love for you. He doesn't want you to know just how wrong you are more than He wants you to know how much love He is giving you. I wonder how many Christians are angry at the world because they're just angry humans. They're not fulfilled in their righteousness, having not learned to find the beauty of God's presence. But when a man is living in the riches of the glory given and God's presence is moving within him like a river of satisfying living water, he doesn't need to be angry at anyone or anything. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God, the Bible says. I carry within my spirit the victory 
of all the wars being fought against both Israel and my own life. I've said it before, and I can say it again. By Christ and His power, I will not be defeated. I'll never die. Jesus said it. Eternal life is eternal because it can't be destroyed. And I'm learning more and more to find my life's joy in the daily presence of Christ in me. As such, I am learning not to get all tuned up by the politics and the destruction of our nation. I'm learning to be more preoccupied with the life of Christ than with my own life, more consumed with who He is than bothered by who I am or ought to be. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. Learn to be more influenced by the grace of God and the life you've been given instead of being tuned up by the world and tuned up by your own frequent failings as well, I might add. Be willing to yield to the righteousness imparted to you. Yield to the Spirit. In other words, don't panic and try harder in your willpower. Avail yourself of the power of faith. 